Welcome back to the Sisters Podcast. I'm Lois. I'm Jada. I'm Bree. And I'm Lydia. Today we are talking about loving in difficult situations. As Christians, we know we're supposed to love everyone, including those who have wronged us, those who continually hurt us, and those who hate us. Why? Because Christ said so, point blank, simply. And he taught us through example, which I think any good coach knows whatever you teach, you have to also do. That's Mm -hmm. how it works out best in life. Whatever you're saying, no one's going to listen to you if you don't do the same thing. So Christ knew that. Christ showed us through example. Like in Luke 23, 34, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those are the people who tortured him and killed him. And he said, forgive them. That was love. And he still loved Judas who sold him. You know, Mm -hmm. like he, the fact that Jesus loved Judas, he loved Peter, Peter who denied him, Judas who betrayed him. Like he, his love was so great and he loved even the most difficult of people. And I think about this all the time, going back to Luke 23, specifically in difficult situations, because I think about what Jesus could have done. In verse 35, the people say, he saved others, let him save himself. This was the same Jesus who did miraculous things. He could have saved himself. And I heard this from a lesson from your dad, Mr. Alan Webster. (laughs) It was one of the best lessons. That was a great, he did a gospel meeting. It was the best I've ever heard. And it was over the crucifixion. And he said, do you really think nails could hinder this great God, Mm. this Jesus? Do you really think that it would hinder him? Do you think these nails were what kept him on the cross? And Jesus knew what he could do, but it was love that kept him there. And as Christians, we look at Christ as our ultimate example. And I think of the interaction Christ had. And I then think there are so many things we could do when we're faced with situations. We could choose to be self-seeking and defensive. We could choose to be unkind. We could choose to say things that are hurtful, intentionally hurtful. But we choose to be Christ-like because Jesus could have done so many things, but just as Jesus could have gotten off the cross, he chose not to because of us. And as Christians, we have to choose to be patient and kind in situations because even in difficult situations, especially in difficult situations, (laughs) our actions need to reflect God to others. And 1 John 4, 16 says, and we have known and believed the love of God, the love God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And that same lesson, I think my dad said a four letter word kept him on the cross Mm -hmm. and it wasn't in a I L but L O V E. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Wow. I don't really know how to follow that. That, um, I'm over here tearing um, up. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. And it's so true because he could have called 10,000 angels. Mm -hmm. He could have, he could have left the cross and not died for us, but because of his great love for us, he died and gave his life. And I think we have to be real. Like it is really hard 
to love difficult people. Yeah. It's really hard to um, love in difficult situations. And it's not always an easy thing to do because sometimes those people are family members. Sometimes they're coworkers. Sometimes they're classmates. Sometimes they're even other Christians. And I mean, the list is endless, but, um, you know, I think about the number of times in scriptures that Jesus commanded his disciples to love and that that command stands for us today. And so we know that loving in difficult situations isn't something that just comes easily. It's not a natural thing for us to do. And yet Jesus said, because of my great love for you, so you are to love just as I've loved you. Um, Romans five verses six through eight says, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were still lost in sin, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And rarely would one be willing to die for a righteous or good person. Rarely would we even give our lives for a friend. But Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, the Son of God, gave his life, his perfect life for us while we were still sinners. Now that is love. That is great love. And if he, Jesus, was willing to die on the cross and stay on the cross to die for the the sins of the whole world, then who are we to not love those people, those very people that he died for because they're also souls? So why is it so hard for us to love in difficult situations? I think when you really hate sin and you see someone falling into it, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It hurts so bad that the more it happens, it becomes easier to grow resentment towards that person. It makes it hard to view them as a person and you just start viewing them as that sin. Mm -hmm. And you start to hate the person maybe even more than you hated the sin to begin with. So how did that initial love that you had for the person turn into so much hate? When I'm looking at someone as sin, I've developed a major sin problem myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think most difficult situations obviously cause cause us to be really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and hurt being one of the uncomfortable things. And so when we're uncomfortable, we humanly, we just naturally, um, well, I guess maybe for women, I'm not sure for men, but <laughs> for women, we, we react emotionally and instead of biblically. So yeah. that's one, at least for me, I know that's what I struggle with yeah. the most. When it's easy to love people who love you, but it's not easy when someone has the intention of hurting you or wants to, wants to see you hurting. It's so hard to turn the other cheek and to love them right back. Like that is, that's something that we can only do through the strength that we have and find in Christ. So we're talking, it talks about loving your enemies in scripture, obviously a few times, but Luke 6, 27 through 36, we're not going to read all that because it's a lot, but Loving your enemies. I think it's easy for us to love those who love us, but off of what Lydia said earlier, it's truly easy for us to want what's best for those who truly want what's best for us. But what about those who don't? Mm-hmm. We should still want what's best What's best for them. My voice is one out. <laughs> we should still want what's best for them, even when they want nothing but evil for us. Is that not what Christ wanted? Yeah. Yeah. Makes me think of Romans twelve twenty through twenty four. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou wilt reap heaps of coal on his head. Oh, he coal of fire on his head. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I meant. Be, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. I think it's human nature. Off of what Bree said to 
have these this resentment or maybe mm-hmm. Jada one of y'all said it <laughs> to overcome <laughs> these, evil with evil yes to have yeah. this this evil in us or to want revenge mm-hmm. honestly that's not biblical at all it's not up to us yeah no yeah. and but this verse does say that God will reap it mm-hmm. yeah in doing so and by doing good and we've yeah. talked about the love that he has for us can like he's going to do it justice mm-hmm. hey he's gonna have his way yeah. Lois, I like um, going back to what you said about Luke chapter six. Uh, and I know we didn't read the whole passage, but in verse 32, it says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For even sinners love those who love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even evil people love those who love them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. but loving the person who's out to hurt you or who is just so hard to love, like that is next level. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Christ calls us to do. Like the world's not doing it, but Christ says, this is what I've called you to do. So I actually taught a kid's class this summer and it was, I, we went over this topic and it was so cool to see it. They were all eight or under. So little Aww. kids, it was so sweet, <laughs> but I use the illustration of uh, loving those who love us is easier. Mm-hmm. And this one little kid, it was literally, I'm about to cry talking about it because it was so <laughs> sweet. I was like, is it easy to love those who are mean to you? And this little kid raised his hand and he said, well, somebody's really mean to my sister and it's really hard for And it's really hard for me to be nice to him because he's so mean to my sister. And this is like a little Mm. (laughs) four-year-old. It's like, that was just so genuine and so pure. Like that, it wasn't even that he was sticking up for himself, but he was sticking up for his sister. Yeah. So I think it's hard for us too. Cause like looking in my life, if someone is mean to Jada, it is so hard for me <laughs> to not just despise that person. Mm-hmm. It's like they did what to you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me just go. Can go there yes. right now? Like that's yes. not, that's like the instinct is a, let me yeah. go get revenge for yeah, you right. or for it's, myself. Exactly. I won't do it for myself, but I will do it for Jada any but day. But the thing is, God does that for exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like, I'm kind of turning it into a different perspective yeah. there of that's not just in our lives, but mm-hmm. in the ones that we love, because we are so defensive mm-hmm. for the people that we love. Yeah. But when we love our enemies... We're resembling Christ, who is perfect and merciful. So we should strive to love as Christ does. I think putting that into action and actually loving our enemy looks like remembering our purpose. It's not It's not to get revenge. <laughs> we need to pray for our enemies. God tells us to pray for our enemies. And we need to know that showing them love could change their lives. That's overcoming evil mm-hmm. with good. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a specific person who caused a lot of hurt in my family. And that's when, that's when my like need to get revenge, like you were saying, like when they hurt other people that I love. And I found that it was hard for me to pray for that person. And I wasn't praying, stop. (laughs) I wasn't praying for that person. And it like, when I would try, it was just hard. Like I would just get angry. (laughs) And so I was driving in the car one day and I just like stopped. And I had heard somebody talking about doing this with your husband, like praying for their mind and their eyes and their, their hands, like what they do and their feet for where they go. And so I just stopped and I prayed for just, it was all just a prayer for her specifically for her mind and for her eyes and for her heart. And that was so just like, eye-opening for me, just 
bringing this person to God. And it made me realize like my heart was hard and I wasn't loving like I should. It's so Um, hard for us to love those who have hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said too. I think I've heard people say, if you have a really hard time with someone, you're going to have a really time hard, a really hard time hating someone who you're praying for. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there have been some very difficult people in the last several years that have just, they're really hard to be around. And I would find myself getting very irritated. And finally I just had to stop and be like, you know what? I'm just going to pray for them. I'm just mm-hmm. going to stop and pray for them. And every time I see them, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to pray about it. Just going to pray about it. And slowly over time, like it's, it's still hard to be around them, but I've started seeing them differently and trying, I think it, prayer helps us to try to see them as souls. And Brie, mm-hmm. Bri, I love that you say that so much too. Like, I love, you like, we have to see people as souls. And I think that even though they might be harder, they've caused hurt there's still someone that Jesus died for Mm -hmm. and being able to pray for them, even when it's so hard is just, I mean, I don't even know. It's just, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to love them like Jesus loves them. When I think of Jesus every single time he was in a difficult situation or treated unimaginably, he had the same response every single time he loved. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. No matter the situation, we are to love just as Christ loves us. And sometimes we think, wow, this person hurt me so bad. They don't deserve kindness and love. Since when did we deserve all that Jesus did for us? Christ has given us an undeserving and unfailing love. And we have to give that love back to other people. Can people tell that we're Christians by the way that we are loving? Yeah. And that like that heart posture is so wrong too, to be like, I'm better than them because, you know, it's like, it's kind of like when the Pharisee and the the tax collector um, were praying, right? And the, just their heart posture and like, oh, well, I'm good. I've done all these things. <laughs> this person, oh, he hasn't done. And it's like, am I looking at people that way? Like, I'm better than them because I haven't hurt. I haven't hurt you. You've hurt me. Um, but we, like you said, Jada, like we don't deserve Christ's love for us or God's love for us. We've done nothing to deserve that. And yet he's given that very same love to the very people that have hurt us. And Mm -hmm. God is all knowing. Jesus died on the cross knowing that we knew that he died and we still are going to mess up and do things that hurt him. And he did it anyway. Yeah. I think 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 26 is a good verse. And y'all are going to have to bear with me because I found out last night that I cannot say one of these words. (laughs) So just don't laugh at me or laugh with me, I guess. It's fine. Okay. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed (laughs) quarrels. Yeah, that word. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, (laughs) but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, Mm. correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So showing hate to those that hurt us is just doing the opposite of helping them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just patiently enduring evil with gentleness. 
which is hard to do. Like, but Jesus did that yeah. to the very people mm-hmm. who were spitting in his face. Like he was silent like a lamb who was going to sleep. Like, I forget what the verse exactly says in Isaiah, but he was like, he remained silent the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the first words he spoke were, Father, forgive them for yeah. they know not what they that do. Is love. And that is love. Like <laughs> to have gone through all of the things that Christ went through, to remain silent and to say, I'm going to die for the very people that I created because I have so much love for them. The very people who are spitting in my face, mocking me, hating me, I die. Like I'm dying for them too. Mm-hmm. Father, forgive them. Mm-hmm. What love. Like that is unfathomable. Yeah, it really is. Okay. What about those who are living in sin? We must love sinners, but not accept their sin, obviously. So I think there's two different answers to answer this or two questions to ask yourself when you're thinking about this is, is that person of the world or of Christ before you react or that's that also just how you handle the situation will differ between that. But we're told in James that a person who knows to do good and does it not to him, it is sin. Mm -hmm. And in second Peter two 21, for it would have been better for them to have not known the way of the righteous than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Mm -hmm. That man, (laughs) that just makes me stop and stop and really put things into perspective. Paul tells us not to keep company with a brother who is immoral. First uh, Corinthians five eleven says, "Did you turn there? Yeah, I'm gonna read it." But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. Not even to eat with such a one. Mm. That is hard. That's hard for our human minds yeah. because again, emotionally, we're like. Yep. But no, like I love them. Yeah, I love them. I can't. That's but not, that's loving not okay. them. We want them to change, right? Yes. And by sh- like we have to show them godly love, mm-hmm. and godly love does not accept sin. Godly yeah. love hates sin if and we, wants that person to change. Yeah. If we ignore our brother or sister's sins, we're doing them no favors. I feel like so often we see people trying to take the easy way out to preserve relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we see our brothers or sisters actively living in sin. And then they're sitting on a pew on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and we just act like all is fine. We're just taking the easy way out. We yeah. have to step up. Yeah. I think we talked about this earlier, but it doesn't change for a family member. It doesn't change for a close friend. It doesn't change because you don't want to make them uncomfortable or you don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's not love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is not and love. And it, it makes it harder to talk to that person. It's easier to tell someone that you don't really have a deep relationship with that they're sitting and they're wrong. But when it's someone that you love, you don't want to do anything to mess up that relationship or make them mad at you or angry. But if you truly love them, you're going to want them to change so that you can be in heaven with them. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a hard thing to grasp, too, that love can tear some families apart Yeah, because yeah. you want to stand up for what is right and you're loving in a way that you can't accept their sins. You cannot keep acting like everything is normal because mm-hmm. you want them to go to heaven because yeah. you love them. Yeah. Well, and that was like Paul's intention in 1 Corinthians 5 was the man that he was talking about— he was like, you're going, I'm telling you to do these things because we love his soul and because we love him and we want him to spend eternity with God. 
you cannot associate with him because a little leaven mm-hmm. leavens the whole lump. And mm-hmm. that's not, we, we don't take part in that. And the whole goal in that was for him to return yes, to Christ. Exactly. It was, it yes. was all founded on love, not out of hate. Yeah. But if no. you're acting like nothing's wrong, you're yeah. not going to fix it. Yeah. It's tough love. It's tough love. Yeah. It's yeah. also reflecting like that sin isn't as big of a deal as it should be. And mm-hmm. it kind of degrades our God when, again, we love because he first loved us, First John four nineteen, and he died for that sin. Yeah. So when someone is sinning and we're just like, well, emotionally, that's not right. So I'm just going to keep reflecting like it's okay. Then it's like us saying it's fine as if it's family member, it's different. If yeah. it's family member sins. Okay. If it's a friend then sins. Okay. If it's somebody I love deeply sins. Okay. When, but where does it stop? Exactly. Where does it stop? And our love might not naturally take us there. That's why mm-hmm. God said mm-hmm. love as I have loved you. Yeah. A lot of our natural feelings won't take us there. And that's why we have scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And God is love. I think remembering that too, of like God is the definition of love. And because he loved us, we love other people enough to say, Hey, I love you. And I don't want to see you continue down this road. I want you to spend eternity with, with me in heaven, with Jesus in heaven like that. That's where I want your home to be. And because of that, I love you enough to tell you this. And that's Mm -hmm. true. Godly love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the application part of this. Matthew 18, 15 through 17 says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Mm That includes family and friends. Mm -hmm. That includes, it doesn't exclude anyone, like a Mm -hmm. heathen to you. But yet we act like they're our best friends, accepting their sins. Why do we do this? But go to your brother and sister and remember to pray before you go. I think prayer is our biggest tool and we don't use it. Pray Mm -hmm. before you go. Pray with them while you're there. Pray after. Continue to pray. Pray without ceasing. (laughs) That is the most important thing that we just often overlook. When you do go to them, listen. Don't just go into the... Jade is going to laugh at me. Don't just go in guns a blazing. I love that too. Ready, <laughs> and just ready to say, I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. Go in with love, humility, and gentleness. Most likely, this person probably knows that they're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. They're going to be defensive, maybe. And if you're also defensive, you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting no. anywhere. You're not getting anywhere. And be patient. And that's also not showing God's love either. Because oh, nope. that's not, nope. it's not going to come across that way. And the truth has to come across in love. Yeah. yeah. So be patient. Growth and healing, both spiritual, what in the world? <laughs> spiritual and physical are slow processes. Yeah. We often expect people to just change right away. We don't expect newborns to be walking, Mm -hmm. but we expect people who have fallen away to just change their lives immediately when they have addictions and different things that are going to take time. So be patient and encourage them and remind them they're not alone through the whole process. When you take evil out, you have to fill that space with good or the old habits will come right back in. Um, First Corinthians 13 says, 
If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then shall I know fully, even as I have fully been known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. If I cannot honestly look at these verses and say, Jada is patient and kind. Jada does not envy or boast. Jada is not arrogant or rude. Jada does not insist her own way. Jada is not irritable or resentful. She does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Then I am not love. If this is not how I respond to every single situation, then I'm not love. And every single circumstance, hate and bitterness and resentfulness are ways of a child that I should have given up. We need to look in the mirror and ask the Lord if that's who we are. Mm -hmm. When I was working on this topic and studying for it, I was having such a hard time with it, and I didn't really know why. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to talk about or how I was going to talk about it. So I just started thinking about, okay, well, what are some ways that I've loved in difficult situations? And then I thought about Bree, and she told us about her family member and how it was hard for her, but she prayed. And I just thought, that's exactly what Jesus would do. And then I thought about Jesus and the terrible things that he went through and how in every single situation he loved. And then I thought about myself and if I was doing that in every single situation. And I realized that I had a situation in my life where I wasn't doing that. And I didn't realize I wasn't doing that because I wasn't hating, but I wasn't loving I just didn't care either way of how the situation went. Um, with my dad, I don't really have a relationship with him. I haven't in a long time. And I don't know what he knows about God. I don't know if he goes to church. And I just didn't really care either way because it just hurt to care. So I just decided not to. And I knew Jesus ne has never not cared about anything. He's never felt that way about any situation. And I literally just started sobbing when I realized this. And I knew I had to do something and it was easy. I didn't have to think, oh, what am I going to do? Because in every single situation, Jesus loved. So I was at work studying during the two hour nap. And as soon as I got home, I went to the post office and I bought a stamp and an envelope and I wrote my dad a letter. And in the letter, I told him about our podcast and I told him about this topic and that it was hard for me. And I told him that I want to be like Jesus in every single aspect of my life. 
I want to love in every single difficult situation. And I realized I wasn't doing that. And that's why he was getting that letter because I did not think that I could talk to other people about loving and difficult situations if I wasn't doing that in every single aspect of my life. And I told him, I realized a lot of the things in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is not, love is not resentful, love, I was, I was when I thought about him and I wanted to change that. And so I told him I was going to try. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but for the first time I was going to try. And I gave him my email and I opened up the line of communication, which I've never done before. And it was really hard. I did not want to do it, but I wanted to love. I wanted to be like Jesus. And it's, it's so much easier said than done. Yeah. It's so hard to actually do it. But I probably never would have if I wasn't working on this topic. And I looked in the mirror and realized I was acting like a child and I wanted to give up those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you said that you didn't hate, but you didn't love because that is a place that so many of us are at and why we don't focus on this. Cause we're like, Oh, we don't hate them. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. But are we loving them? Like God does. Jesus is never indifferent about anything. And I can't be either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's a good reminder for me of like, can I fill in my name in first Corinthians 13 and replace Mm -hmm. my name with love? Like Mm -hmm. is Lydia all these things? And if I'm not, then I need to do, I need to do some internal reflection and make sure that my heart is aligned with God's heart because I can't, I can't say that I love people and not actually be loving the way that he's called me to love. So I love that you shared that. Well, that was, <laughs> that got deep really fast. Um, I'm trying to pull myself together. Over here. <laughs> I have no words. Um. <laughs> it's so good being here. Like y'all are all encouraging to me. Like this podcast has already done so much in my life. Like, yeah, I was praying last night and I just, I was thanking God because I am growing so much me in this too. and I hope that we're helping others grow too. Mm-hmm. But if we're not, this is huge in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a blessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm literally shaking. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> do we have anything else to say on love? Or I think we pretty much summed it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, we all come from different difficult, difficult situations. We all experience that mm-hmm. in different ways mm-hmm. to love. And Jada's right. Jesus wasn't indifferent Mm -hmm. and indifferent is a sin, Mm -hmm. I would say. And so it looks different for every person too. I think we have to keep that in mind. Like some people might have really difficult situations with family members. And then for others, it might be people you have to spend so much of your time with every Mm -hmm. single week when you start working or Mm -hmm. going to school. And it's just, it's so hard, but there's still difficult situations. And even though they look different, we still have to love like Jesus loves. Yeah. Yeah. You might think that like, it's a smaller situation. So it doesn't matter that much. You shouldn't have to love, but no, it's one extreme to the other. It's Mm -hmm. still, I think that's kind of goes, it's not really the same thing, but I'm going to use this illustration where people think sins are bigger sins Mm -hmm. or they're like, okay, well this sin is way worse than this sin. It's still a sin. It's still a sin and not loving in any situation is still a sin. Yeah. No matter what the situation and it still separates is. us from God, yeah, which is what we don't want, yeah, and that doesn't necessarily look like, oh, give me a hug, I love you. Yeah. That's not what it always looks no, like. Yeah. Sometimes there's some people, yeah, you have to make yourself love, yeah. and 
I just think about Jesus dying on the cross. That was not easy for him. Mm. But that was the ultimate sacrifice of love. Yeah. And just me loving in difficult situations is just a small thing compared mm-hmm. to the huge things that Jesus yeah. has done for yes. us. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everyone either. Like I think sometimes we think, oh, well, to love them means I have to be BFFs with them. And it's like, no, that's not the case. You can still love people the way that Jesus loves them without having to spend all of your time with them. But you have to see them as a soul and replace your name with love in first Corinthians 13 and say, am I, do I feel this way towards them? Am I, am I taking these actions to show my love for them? If I'm not, then I probably, I need to be changing something. Mm -hmm. If I am, then great. But I think it's just a good reminder and a good callback of like, okay, where am I? And what do I need to look at and reflect Mm -hmm. in my own life? There's probably some changes that need to be made. And we should want to spend eternity with them. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think we're going to want to spend eternity with somebody we're indifferent towards or we hate. Yeah. But and we can't. I mean, that's literally all yeah. in First John, too. Like, Dan Winkler did lessons at PTP. It's been a long time, Paul Shin, the pulpit, a long time ago. And um, pretty much was walking through, like, we have, like, if we hate our brother, that's going to keep us out of heaven. Mm-hmm. And all through First John, we have fellowship with one another when we are in fellowship with God, but we can't, how are we going to spend eternity with someone that we've hated here on earth? Like that's not going to happen. And I think for me, it is so easy for me to have such strong love for all of you. Like I can't even talk about how much I love you. I can't describe it. I think about my little brother, Winnie. Oh, I just, (laughs) I, I love him so much. I can't like, I can't describe how much I love him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Jesus had that huge, big love for everyone. Even the people that were like horrible to him. So I want that huge love I have for the people that are so good to me to transcend in every aspect of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that Jada. You've encouraged me today. (laughs) I need to definitely do some reflecting in my own life, but yeah, which is what God's word does. I think when you read and study and you take a deeper look, dive into first Corinthians 13 and looking at how Jesus loved those. And he forget, he was like, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I mean, it, God's word is powerful and it has the power to change hearts and to say, okay, I definitely need to do some, some work on my own heart. Yeah. Okay. Ladies, I think that our call to action for this episode is Reflect in your life and see if you are truly loving those around you and truly wanting what's best for them in every single aspect of your life. Because we we have all realized some things that we need to fix. And I think that there's this is a big problem, I think, in just life because we are human. So let's let's all make a change in our life and start loving like Christ would love. So thank you for listening to us today. Uh, we got very personal here, and we want to be very transparent with y'all. Obviously, we're doing pretty good at that. <laughs> uh, we hope like you feel like you're here with us. <laughs> and okay, yeah, we love you all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>